Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed Podcast. We're going to go right to our guest, someone we've had numbers of times before, a very close brother, a super close friend who I so respect, Kevin Freeman. Kevin, welcome. So glad you're with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Pastor Jim. Now, Kevin, we, we, we've just had a lot of reports from you, and some have been pretty tough. Let, let's just start with the economic one, just very briefly. We've got to get to today's topic. I want you to, I want to get today to the World Economic Forum. They're, they're meeting right now. And uh, so what's happening there? And then I want you to get on this topic of natural assets corporations or companies and talk to us about that and what just happened today. But first, let's go back. Is there any update regarding the attempt uh, the, the attempt to get through the Texas legislature or other states, Oklahoma and other states, regarding uh, the gold bullion that you've been working on for some time? Yeah, for update on the gold, number one, we have 20 states entering legislation currently. Uh, we've got a race between Utah and Tennessee and Florida and Oklahoma, each one of which says we're going to be first. And they're talking about using the existing Texas bullion depository and allowing people to send them cash, U.S. dollars, or send them gold or silver, and then get a debit card that they can spend as functional money. We're very excited. When I wrote the book Pirate Money, which you see here, uh, we went from seeing a dead bill that did not pass in Texas, and we wouldn't have hope for two years, because Texas only has a legislative session once every two years, to having a meeting here at Liberty Hawk Ranch with legislators from two dozen states. They came out, they got copies of the book, they took them back to their states, handed it to the state treasurer, to the uh, majority whip and the majority leaders in the House and the Senate in their state. And now we have 20 states vying to be first to offer transactional gold and silver. Utah uh, State Treasurer Marlo Oaks says, we're gonna do this. It was written up in the Salt Lake Tribune just a few days ago. Uh, Ken Ivory, Marlo Oaks, and others in Utah say, we're going to make it happen. But Oklahoma's calling me saying they're gonna be first. <laughs> Tell them why you title it Pirate Money. Yeah, it, it's titled because in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10 says a state, no state shall make anything other than gold and silver coin, you know, gold and silver coins like these, uh, it, uh, legal tender in the state. Well, to the founders, gold and silver coins were very specific. Gold doubloons and silver pieces of eight, also known as Spanish milled dollars. In fact, even the term dollar comes from a Spanish term. That's how we got the term dollar. They didn't want to use pounds and farthings and shillings and all the British money. They wanted to use gold doubloons and silver pieces of eight. Well, when I tell anybody Oh, gold doubloons and silver pieces of eight. The first thing they think is Captain Jack Sparrow and Long John Silver and Blackbeard. They think of pirates. And so we called it pirate money. But on the back of the book, it says pirate money equals patriot money. And it really is patriot money. Uh, by the way, the pirates uh, were actually friends of the American Revolution at the time. People think of pirates as an extreme negative. Well, John Paul Jones, the founder of the American Navy, is to this day considered a pirate by the British. Uh, in that case, they were pirating liberty so that we could enjoy it today. <laughs> now that's, a, that's a new twist on it. So what is your anticipation of forecast for me as best you can a, a bit of a timeline on this? What might it look like if Utah or Oklahoma or Florida 
if they came through, when could they possibly approve it? Would be your sensing of an earliest time. And then what would have to happen after that? How long before it is actually functioning? Well, it could be approved as early as March in several of these states. You can follow the progress at transactionalgold.com. And there's a uh, up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link to active states. And you can click on that and you can see the race of all the different states that are progressing and moving forward on this. If it passes in March, uh, we could have people transacting in gold and silver uh, under the state auspices by December. But the good news is, is that there's a commercial application today that they're looking at in a lot of these states called Glint Pay. You can get it on your iPhone or, or Android phone and Glint Pay uh, it would give you the capability of moving to gold and silver now, even ahead of the states, if you wanted to protect some money that way. So it's available now commercially. It should be available legally in the states. I mean, it's legal now on a commercial basis, but it should be available as legal tender in the states as early as the fourth quarter of this year. Tell someone just practically in, in three or four sentences, if they want to do this, they want to participate in what you've just outlined, what practically do they need to do to, to launch to start this? Well, if they want to use the commercial application, they need to download an app on their iPhone or Android for, called Glint Pay, and then they need to find a way either entering a debit card or sending them a check or, or ACHing them money, and you send Glint Pay. Let's say you want to send them $1,000, and Glint will use that, hold that $1,000 for you, and you say, well, I want to put it all in gold, and they will buy gold at the spot price, which is the average person can't buy gold at spot price. That's an incredible opportunity. And then they'll charge you a half percent transaction fee to do that. And then if you want to spend it, they'll send you a MasterCard and you can go and you can start spending with your MasterCard as soon as you get the card or you can tap to pay. It's, it can be available all electronic for you. That can happen now. If they want to do it on a state basis, it has to pass the legislatures and make it legal tender. And the advantage of making it legal tender means you don't have to keep track of whether your gold went up or down in price for tax purposes. It's just your gold and your money, and you don't never have to worry about capital gains taxes again. Explain for layman again, what's the difference between what they can do now already and the difference between what kind of approval is needed by the states and how that will change what they can do? Well, right now, if you want to spend your gold using a debit card, uh, every time you spend it, you have to calculate what did you pay for that gold and what's it worth today? And you have to calculate if it's gone up, which you hope the value over time with gold will go up, you have to calculate and say, wow, I have a gain on this and the IRS wants you to report what that gain is. It's, it's troubling and cumbersome and clunky. Now, GlintPay creates an updated uh, uh, you can order a capital gain tax report at the end of the year for $35 and they'll print it out for you and then you can fill that in on your taxes. That's how it works today. You have to calculate the tax impact of every transaction. If a state calls it legal tender and they apply the same technology in their state, you won't have to calculate taxes. It's just money. It, you know, if somebody pays you $20 today and the price of gasoline goes down tomorrow, you don't have to pay a tax because your money went up in value. You just say, hey, gas prices fell. If we make this legal tender, 
you'll be able to transact in gold and silver without ever having to worry about capital gains tax or losses. You probably already stated this, but just uh, as we finish this topic, in a sentence or two, what's the advantage in trading in gold and silver as opposed to the currency we're current using, currently using? Well, I'll give you an example. I put this in the book. And by the way, the book, Pirate Money, is very easy to read. It's very layman's terms. It tells a story of like uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz and how to play the game of Monopoly. and all. It, it's got really fun ways to understand it. I've had so many people come up to me and said, that is the cleanest, easiest way to understand what you're talking about is reading that book. But the advantage is when I was 10 years old, it was 1971, and Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. I could buy a Hershey bar at the most expensive store in town for 10 cents. So I came in and drop a dime on it, and I walk out with a Hershey bar. Today, it'll cost you $2.50. The advantage is that gold and silver have preserved their value from 1971 to the present. There's a, a website, PricedInGold.com, and, you know, it took a certain number of ounces of gold to buy a house in 1971. You can not only buy that same house with those same ounces of gold, but you can get change back. You can get, it's actually gone down in, home, house prices have gone way up. You know, the, a new home price in, in 1971, you know, might, might have been twenty-five dollars to $50,000 for a new home then. Uh, my mom, you, we bought, my family bought a new home in 1971, and she laughed because we were getting such a big house. It's like 3,200 square foot or something. And she'd say, there's my $50,000 house. And, and it was too expensive. It was beyond their ability to imagine a home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, costing $50,000. Today, imagine how cheap $50,000 is for a house. You, you can't buy anything. You can't barely buy a car for $50,000. Gold has held its value from 1971 to the present. That's why you want to have and transact in gold. It doesn't lose value every single day. Thank you so much. I, by the way, I bought my first house in 1977 in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Three-bedroom brick home on a corner. Beautiful big lot. $21,000. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you. And folks, you can buy, you can get buy pirate money. Give your website again piratemoneybook.com. It will link you to Amazon or you can buy it direct from us if you buy in bulk and hand out copies to your state legislators or anyone else that you want to understand. Uh, it, you can buy them at a discount like 10, 10 copies for $100 or it's like $17 on Amazon. Okay, we're going to shift topics. World Economic Forum is meeting. That's never a good sign. Although the uh, president of Argentina gave a fiery speech there found some interesting things from his speech, but talk to us about World Economic Forum, if you would, before we go to natural assets companies. Well, the two are tied closely together, so I, I, I love to share the win we had on natural asset companies today. But the World Economic Forum is meeting, and they've determined that the number one threat in the world today is climate change. No. Is the war in Ukraine? No. Is the war Hamas? It is misinformation, malinformation, disinformation. That means malinformation, by the way, means that you're telling the truth, but it doesn't achieve the social objective that you want to achieve. 
So malinformation could be that, that you admit something like men aren't really women and women aren't really men. Scientifically, you'd be accurate, but that is against the uh, hidden agenda. So they've determined that that is the number one issue. Now, I don't know if this is true. I saw a clip, and I would not recommend anyone looking for the clip because of the language that was used, but it's gone viral, and that is someone stands up at the podium and basically says to Klaus Schwab, oh gosh, how can I put this? Uh, let's go Brandon, only it's not Brandon, it's Schwab that they're, that they're saying. So the language is terrible, but that's gone viral because the people are turning against the World Economic Forum. People are tired. We've, we've, you have done on the World Prayer Network and all of your guests and all of the other programs like Frank Gaffney and Reggie Littlejohn and others have done such a good sh job shining the light on who Klaus Schwab is and what he's attempting to do, and we do this on the Economic War Room, that people are now rejecting Dr. Evil and the World Economic Forum. There is a tremendous shift. There's awareness that's happening among the deplorables and the elites are being exposed. Uh, just Amen. today, Jordan Peterson lost a major court case in Canada, psychologist Jordan Peterson, on this very issue, quote, misinformation. And uh, because he won't say that a man is, um, can be a woman, they have stripped him of his license just today. And he has no appeal. And he sent out a letter that says, don't you think I'm done fighting? I'm putting you on notice. I'm warning you. This will not end here. I will win this somehow. So it's going to be interesting to see the uprising that takes place. When I mentioned this twice before, when Rosemary and I were in London in June, it was a small conference, had several pri former prime ministers there. But the, the, mo the most intriguing statement I remember is they said that coming across, across the world, the, the, there's a bridge too far. People can't go. And the two issues were uh, uh, climate change and transgenderism. And the general population is fed up with those two things. And we're having a, a, a healthy revolution from that. Okay, let's go back to the World Economic Forum, but specifically, what is natural asset companies? Well, we are, we've learned what ESG is. You know, five years ago when I started talking about it, nobody knew what environment social governance was, which is eliminate fossil fuels and force everybody to electric everything because you can shut off electricity at a whim uh, at a bureaucratic level. Um, S is social justice, critical race theory, and nobody knew what that was until Black Lives Matter hit. And the G is a governance, which means that the major corporations of the world have to have a quota of LGBTQ people, women, uh, minorities, and it was a forced quota regardless of their capabilities as a director but they had to have those companies run by people that met a quota agenda. And that's still a rule under the NASDAQ. One of the ideas that, the, that was floated from the World Economic Forum under the E of environment is we're going to create natural asset companies. And we're going to change it out of the UN. They said, we're going to change all the accounting rules. And we'll tell every nation to change their accounting rules so we can list companies on the stock exchange well, let me quote from Marlo Oaks, companies that can't make money. The SEC pushes a plan to misallocate capital buying, by buying land and taking it out of productive use. In other words, if you own a productive factory 
and you're employing people, uh, we will pay you to close down the factory and to plant trees and just leave them there and not do anything positive, no mining of the, no taking minerals out, no taking uh, fuel out of the ground, no doing anything productive with it unless we declare it acceptable, like maybe lithium mining and strip mining lithium and, and building batteries uh, for electric cars. But nothing we approve of can you do, uh, that we disapprove of can you do on that land, and we will pay you for the trees to take carbon out of the atmosphere and to, to put out oxygen. And we'll pay, if you want to lease federal lands to do this, you lease them from the federal government and then we will force indulgences on every company in the world will have to pay indulgences for their climate uh, violations, for them spewing out greenhouse gas, but that's okay, you'll pay the Utah forest in Utah, you know, Zion National Park or something, you'll pay for the people who lease that and it is a complete total accounting scam. And the UN was forcing it on us. The New York Stock Exchange asked, it, asked for permission to list companies that will never make a profit, but they will charge the public for the, for the land not being used just to stay in a natural state. So we would in essence be paying uh, these private companies to lock up our land, never access the oil under the ground or the natural gas or never be productive, never build a factory, don't build a road, don't do, we're paying people to not use resource. It's the exact opposite of what God told us to do in Genesis. And so today, what happened? Well, today is great news, but I need to add one more thing that uh, Russell mentioned to me, and that is, so the Chinese could have bought this land and gotten paid by the American public for them mm -hmm. to hold the land and prevent us from accessing resources that they don't want us to have. So it, it had a whole national security. So we had a, an episode on this, it's episode 275 called Property Wars, The Natural Asset Scam. It's the current episode of Economic War Room. This is the battle plan we produced and I interviewed our mutual friend Frank Gaffney for that. And he talked about all of the threat, all of the national security implications, the economic implications. And we, there was a webinar that was done uh, that was done by the Committee on the Present Danger China and SovereigntyCoalition.org teamed up and did a webinar and we produced the battle plan and we, we put a big push, get rid of this, don't do this. And today, the New York Stock Exchange withdrew their request to make natural asset companies viable in America. I don't know if it's completely dead or if it's Dracula dead that we need to drive a wooden stake through the heart, but it's dead for right now. They will not be doing it. The SEC will not be producing. We had a comment period and we flooded them with so many comments that they knew that they had no hope. We drowned out their request and I praise God for it because point number five in the economic battle plan, the action steps, I, I'll tell you the five action steps we gave. One is go to Sovereignty Coalition website to act now. Two, read Pirate Money. Three, talk to your patriotic friends. Four, share this economic battle plan. And five, the only one that really counts, pray for God to protect American liberty and American land from the greedy hands of tyrannical elites. And the comment period is over. They've withdrawn. We have a victory. Well, I praise God, Kevin, for what you and your team and others have done. Uh, I, 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 I'm really amazed that we, we hear so little good news. 
that this is this is a real reason for rejoicing. So thank you, sir, for your leadership on this. Do you have any knowledge? And I know it's so fresh and breaking news. You may not have any background knowledge. Do you have any knowledge of the internal workings of the S of the SEC or the New York Stock Exchange and their decision on this? All I know is that we overwhelmed them with comments. They were so severe that they probably had to pull back. It was it was like uh, so many, such a mass movement of people saying, I don't want this. They realized they would be exposed. It would probably become a campaign issue. It would probably be disruptive to the World Economic Forum. There would be so many protests and so much against this that they felt like we can't win this battle, we should retreat, and they did retreat. What do you advise us in terms of to do to make sure there's no chance of resuscitation? Well, first off, uh, I would still continue to go to uh, the Act Now campaign, and, and you can find that at sovereigntycoalition.org uh, and click on the Act Now campaign and still send in comments, still act and add to that petition. But also, I would share the good news of this victory because victory begets victory. It's contagious. I don't know if you ever saw the, the baseball movie called The Natural, and it's losing is a disease. And, and Robert Redford was a baseball player, and they kept losing. And once you start losing, you continue losing. It's a disease. But victory begets victory. And Steve Bannon taught me that and says it over and over. So we need to jump on this right now and say, we're, I've, I'm, I'm sorry to, to use this language. It was in the movie uh, Network, uh, but... but I, I'll, I'll paraphrase. I'm mad at hell instead of mad as hell. I'm mad at hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And we need to stand up. We need to give God the glory. We need to give him the thanks. I'll give you another miracle that happened and the solution for it. If, if you give me another minute uh, to answer, is that all right? Can I take oh, that? You, you've got plenty of time. We're, we so enjoy having you on. Okay. So in the, the Battle of Dunkirk, on the French beach town, we had 300,000 men of the British Expeditionary Force. They were trapped, and Winston Churchill came up with a plan to get small ships to rescue them. King George VI, the father of Queen Elizabeth, the grandfather of King Charles, did something spectacular. It's account. Reese Howells, the intercessor, comments on this, but A Trumpet Sounds for Britain by David Gardner has the best version of this true story, and that is King George VI knew that the empire was about to be lost, and he called on every person that spoke English anywhere in the world and every person associated with the British Empire to rush immediately on a certain day to a house of worship and to get on their face and knees before God and beg him to save the British nation. And God did three distinct miracles. Number one, it was beautiful. He stopped the tanks. They just stopped. Hitler, they wonder, historians say, why did Hitler not roll into Dunkirk and just wipe out the men on the beach? The answer is God was asked and God did. But the natural answer is that Hermann Goering from the Luftwaffe said, Herr Hitler, we can uh, bomb them from the air. So don't mess up the tanks. Don't take rush them into the murky beach town. Instead, let's just bomb them from the air. Well, that was a miracle that Hitler stopped. He could have just gone on. The second miracle was, 
at one squadron got off from Flanders Field, Flanders, where we have buried our dead, Flanders Field uh, in France was the air base for the Luftwaffe. One squadron took off and strafed the beaches where the men were held. And they men dove into the sand, they hid their faces, they said it felt as if angels lay on top of us, and when the strafing was finished and the squadron retreated, every one of them stood up unharmed. Not one was harmed. And they saw bullets lining the bodies of the people laying on the beach where they had lain. So angels lay on top of them and protected them. That, that was a part of the second miracle, but the second miracle goes on. When that squadron returned, a dense fog fell over Flanders so thick and intense that no other squadrons took off, no bombing runs. They were limited in their air attacks because of the fog and how densely it fell on that airbase. And the third miracle was the English Channel, 26 miles of English Channel to go across from Dover go to Dunkirk became glassy smooth. So smooth that the small ships, the pleasure craft, the speed boats, the fishing trawlers, the sailboats could all go across and rescue and bring home every one of those 300,000 men. It was a miracle that happened. Some did perish in some of the ships that came back you know, from other bombings and so forth, but the bulk of the British Expeditionary Force landed. Winston Churchill goes and makes a speech. And by the way, this is right after he made the speech, we shall fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them on the landing grounds. He was scared because had this failed, Britain was invaded, guaranteed. He comes back and he says, no war is ever won by retreat. The battle for France is over. The battle for Britain must begin exactly now. And King Charles, or King George, King Charles's grandfather, King George VI said, no, no, no. Mr. Prime Minister, we ask God for a miracle. We will take a full day off for a day of thanksgiving to give glory to God. Now that was impossible to imagine that you would do this when Hitler was threatening to come invade their nation, but they took the day and glorified God and gave him thanks. So what do we need to do to cement this victory? We need to get on our faces and thank God for saving us from natural asset companies and give him the glory because he has done this and that will cement the victory. I believe that Adolf Hitler was officially in the annals of heaven defeated on the day that they gave God thanks. And it took four more years of mopping up, but they gave God thanks and that's when Hitler lost. That is remarkable. I'm going to ask you to just pray in a prayer right now, a thankfulness to the Lord, but I, I have another question for you that ties directly into what you just said. Lead in a prayer of thankfulness for the Lord. Heavenly Father, only you could win this victory. Two months ago, it seemed impossible. It seemed that they were going to roll us over. They hid the comment period. They shortened it. They did everything possible to keep the American public from knowing that they were going to do this. It was done behind closed doors. It was hidden as much as possible. And Father, you miraculously brought it to the attention of the right people who began. State Financial Officers Foundation, Treasurer Oaks in Utah, uh, tre treasurers across the state, legislators Frank Gaffney, 
uh, Reggie Littlejohn, Noah Walls, uh, so many wonderful people recognized this and lit it up starting on Christmas Day. And we became aware of it and we started entering comments and started pounding you with prayers and doing the work because first we have to pray, then we work, then we give thanksgiving, and you brought that victory, and we give you the honor, the glory, the credit for it, and we ask you, Father, to cement this victory so we can go from victory to victory. Victory is contagious, Lord, as Steve Bannon has taught. We ask in Jesus' name that we would go from this victory and we would have them on the run. A smooth stone was flung from a sling into a giant, he fell. Now we chop the head off and we chase the Philistine army. Let us do that to your glory, recognizing that you've accomplished this in Jesus' name. I call you the economic revivalist. I, I want you to, I, I want to take the last five minutes as an excerpt by itself. I want to send it to every person coming to the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance. What is the application from Dunkirk, the story just told, that can encourage us right now in America when we see our nation in such, such, with such challenges? What can you say to the people who are going to be gathering, whether in their home, online, or in person at the Museum of the Bible on January 31 to pray prayers of repentance for personal sin, sin of the church, and America's sin? What would you say to them now as it applies to our country? Well, Dunkirk was an impossible situation. There was no hope, uh, but with God and the little ships, the vaunted British Navy, the most powerful naval force on planet Earth was unable to rescue those men because the, the, the beach at Dunkirk was too shallow, the water surrounding it, to get a large destroyer in. It could not be done by the big powers. It had to be done by individual little ships, the small people the regular Americans that are watching this. And our nation cannot be saved by the Republican Party. It cannot be saved by the big institutions. It can only be saved by individuals first praying and asking God for help. Second, doing their part, their work, what God's assigned to them. And the little part, the little ship that could take six people by itself was not enough, but all of the little ships together were sufficient. And then third, when we complete the task, give God the thanksgiving. I think that's the message of Dunkirk. You are an encourager. What a joy to have you on. Kevin, anything else you want to share before we go to prayer? I just am grateful to you. I would ask that you'd pray that more copies of Pirate Money get out. Whenever a legislator re reads this, uh, he gets encouraged or she gets encouraged and they start entering legislation. This is a call on the little ships also. It's a call on uh, individuals that are state senators or state representatives. By the way, a state senator became president named Barack Obama. He went from the tiny part of job in Illinois to the, to the biggest political position in America. Someone who's a state house representative or a state senator like Michelle Bachman who is a state senator, she went on to Congress and achieved great and mighty things. We need to get those people this information so that they can read about what God intends with gold and silver and all, it's easy to read, get that out. So if you could pray to get that book out, many, many dozens and hundreds and thousands of copies out there, I believe God called me to write it. I wrote it in two weeks. It's the fastest I've ever written anything. We didn't change anything other than minor grammar and punctuation 
and that was it. And it was, I wrote it uh, June 24th through the 30, 30th, there about 10 days in the, at the end of June, and it was published August 1st, as it is today. It, so it is the fastest I've ever gotten a book out, and I think people will understand it, get this, and share it. So please pray that we get more of those books out there. God called me to write it, and I believe that uh, I was obedient, and I believe that it's, it's having its impact, and I'm giving him the glory for it. Well, we're not going to just pray. We're going to pray in a moment. We're going to pray and act. So I want you to tell people again uh, how they can get it, how they can get it at their state legislatures, how they can uh, buy it in bulk. What is the cost in bulk? How, do, how many come in a carton, for example? How much is a carton? Is it 20 books in a carton or 18 or 24 in a carton? And then how they can get to how you can recommend they get it to their state legislatures the fastest, the quickest. Okay, so you can get it at piratemoneybook.com and it'll link for individual orders. It'll take you to the web uh, to Amazon and you can buy it print on demand at Amazon. If you want to buy it in bulk, we sell 10 books for $100 and uh, you can hand them out that way. And there's a pay it forward. You can either take the books and have delivered to you or you can have, leave the books for us and ask us to get them to the legislature, which we've already given out 5,000 books, I think. Uh, Russell, and, and, and we're looking for help with that. So Russell just said that's correct. So we've given out 5,000 copies. Uh, we want to get as many of these out as possible. PirateMoneyBook.com. Uh, a number of years ago, Dran Reese, a good friend of both of us, so we know well, I uh, asked her to do an impossible challenge. I want to get my book well-versed into the hands of every state legislature, all 50 state capitals. She organized teams and we distribute them to the offices of 7,383 state legislators uh, at that time. Uh, so folks, let's take on, we can break this up uh, little by little. Each one take on your individual, even your, your mayors, your city council members. Uh, get these to others who can have an impact. What else do you need to share with us, Kevin, before we go to prayer? Well, I just want to thank God. My Marnie, my wife, lost her father uh, the two days after Christmas. I lost my father uh, the day after Thanksgiving, we lost our favorite aunt uh, in um, October. We, I lost my stepmom, my dad's second wife, after his first wife passed away uh, in uh, August. We've had a lot of death, but we are rejoicing because every one of them knows Jesus. They're in heaven with Jesus now. They all know Jesus. But it is a lot of family issues that we're dealing with. I would appreciate prayer for that. Uh, all of this happened when I wrote this book and finished it uh, as rapidly as I did. My dad got copies and started handing them out, and then he was diagnosed with, with uh, uh, liver and uh, lung cancer and passed away. And I'm, I'm dedicated this to my dad as much as possible. Um, and we would appreciate the prayers for the family because even though they've gone on, there's, we have not had a minute to grieve because of the holidays and because I'm speaking uh, Monday in Oklahoma, next week I'm gone um, three or four different places. Every day there's another, this is my fourth presentation on this today uh, with World Prayer Network. So I would appreciate prayers for our family and for us to have, to, to get through the rejoicing and grieving process. We were with you in the very room you're in right now in August, right as your father was passing away. I, if I remember correctly, you or your stepmother first, and then father, and you had to make trips right back to Tulsa. Uh, yes. Both before and afterwards, you've been through quite a journey there. We were in that part of it. But Rosemary, I want you to pray for Kevin right now. Uh, Kevin and Mar 
one of your very close friends. Uh, she's painted. She's a, she's a wonderful artist. She's painted one of the most spectacular pictures of Jefferson on horseback, holding the Bible under his arm, riding from down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol for the weekly worship services that were held there. They were held from uh, 1800 to 1869. And so we've been involved with them in many things in Washington, D.C. and other places. And we care deeply about you. The whole World Prayer Network family is going to pray for you right now. Lean a prayer for him. Yes. And then, then, Carlos, get ready for a worship song, if you would. So the Lord's saying, Kevin, that he is covering you with strength and fortitude through this travail of transition that you have experienced. And Father, I thank you for this man of God that he has taken on this assignment and you are in, um, strengthening him in a phenomenal way, in a way that will succeed in this end time battle, Father, that every every challenge, everything that may be lost, you, Father, you are going to turn to gain. And Father, we ask for the mantles of his wonderful family members, especially his father, to descend upon him in a double portion, that you multiply all that was invested in him through his family into the vessels of he and his wife, Lord, that they will take the rich inheritance of, of the godly call upon each one that has now transitioned on to eternity with you, but allow that great treasure to be at his disposal, to come upon him, and Father, take him through this mourning process in a miraculous way, because he has not stepped back in one measure. They have not held back anything from pursuing the high call of God that is upon him and the rich reward that will be upon all his family, upon this nation and the nations. So we thank you for anointing the man of God afresh. Let your fire come upon him. The fire that you showed Moses, the fire that you showed Samuel, the fire that baptized Jesus in your presence and enabled him to bring your kingdom on earth and perform signs and wonders to the glory of your name, mighty father. We thank you for the Freeman family and we bless them in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. And Kevin, I'm just going to talk to you directly. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I cannot underscore enough the anointing that has come upon you. You first spoke in Skyline Church several decades ago. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a long time ago when I was pastoring there at the time. And to watch how God has lifted you up and exalted you and made you a national figure and your quickness of mind, your alertness to the issues, your increasing uh, influence and impact, mm -hmm. your writing anointing, uh, to write a book. Uh, I, I've just completed another book and it took me 10 months. So for you to write something mm -hmm. in this, this rate of speed, that's kind of reminds me of the inspiration that came on George Frederick Handel when he produced the, how old have you caught with a Messiah? <clears throat> and so for you to be under that kind of inspiration mm -hmm. and uh, on such a critical issue when we're seeing totalitarian authoritarianism rising up everywhere, particularly the control of all the economic flow is, is, is key. So uh, the Lord has put you in this position 
this remarkable time. It concerned me when I heard you say it's your fourth presentation today. That is a lot. That's hard. That's draining. People who've never done it can't possibly understand. I've done that a few times. I get that. Uh, and I know what that does. You have to juggle all the other activities. Plus, you got to be up for the game each time. And so I just speak strength supernatural to you. Supernatural. Beyond the realm of the natural. Supernatural strength mm -hmm. to your mind, your psychological self, your emotional self, to your spirit, to your physical body. And as, as blessings are released upon you, we just want to call for angelic protection around. We commission and dispatch angels mm -hmm. to watch over Kevin and Marnie and the entire Freeman family. And we just speak this on you. Uh, we're, we're, we're zero ourselves, but with Almighty God, we're covenant partners with him. And according to the covenant, uh, he has granted us to speak with the authority. As we speak with us, the authority of the word of God, because it's within the framework of the will, and the word, and the ways of God. So we speak strength supernatural upon you in the name of Jesus. Kevin, thank you, uh, man, so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.